Hi, welcome to Yes Androgyny. Wow, I can't believe we're on a sinking ship. Whoa, what a way to start an episode. No, 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 don't. We don't have to do that. That's what I get used to the format. The format uses me. Yeah, there's just no need. I, I, hey, buddy, I really appreciate you trying to step in there and, and rescue the show. But I just, you know, I just realized we don't need to do a silly intro today. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, I just realized we don't need to do improv anymore. <laughs> Screw the improv. Yeah, yeah, I've, decided, <laughs> I've decided that uh, we're going to have to retroactively make the title of the show make a little more sense. Um, I'm open to suggestions. But yeah, I would say as of today, um, I've realized, listen, we're not funny. We never have been. Dang. Um, okay. Listen, what, what, we're, oh, who do we think we are? SNL? Cold open? What, what are we? Oh, we get Adora Fi to guest on one episode and we're suddenly doing Hey Riddle Riddle? I don't think so. What a, I don't think so. What a devastating you get you get my little do you hear me slip into a little bit of Helen Hunt from the Incredibles there? I completely missed it because I'm so I don't think so. I don't think so. I still so. don't remember what scene this is. <laughs> she sounds really southern for some reason. She you she I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, that's Helen Hunt's accent the Incredibles. I don't think so. <laughs> it's like Mater meets the Incredibles. What a horrible movie that would be. The Incartables. <laughs> the <laughs> Explain yourself. Um, you don't get to you don't get to change the format into a devastating way and then not explain your your motive. It's there's no motive. Okay, so it's manslaughter. There is means, there is opportunity, but you can't you can't why did I do it? You know, you have to be able to answer that. If you're gonna convince a jury, you're gonna have to be able to give them a compelling narrative. And um I've not, this is not the first time I've slipped through the claws of justice. And it won't be the last. I come in here expecting to be transported to magical worlds, and yet now we are six minutes into the raw recording, just so you all know how much I cut from this intro. And <laughs> the episode opens with you saying that. We haven't even introduced our names. Who are you? Yeah, listen, I just decided that. You know, as we were sitting here and we were hitting record, I was just thinking to myself, what dumb scenario slash, uh, you know, forced uh, gender pun can I can I push on our extremely patient audience? And I realized, you know, why? Why am I doing this? Why am I doing it to us? Why am I doing it to them? So uh, yeah, no, no intro. Just a, just a, just a. This was an intro. You, you introed yourself. Congratulations, just... you pod yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no. Listen, we're not going to be funny. We're not. We're not. Yes, we we are. have to be funny. <laughs> don't leave. Come back. We're going to be hilarious. I promise. No, like we're going to be funny. We just don't need. It just doesn't need to be a whole thing. Listen, it's Pod Girl Summer. A podcast is a whole thing. <laughs> By definition, a podcast is people this, saying we are this, so worth why, existing as ourselves that we are a thing. This doesn't have to be entertainment, though. <laughs> we we have to we have to be worth it, or why are they here? Yeah. Hello. That's a good point. It's Pod Girl Summer. This is your humble host that's talking to me, Charlie. Her pronouns are she, they, and it's important to emphasize this. She is louder. Like my pronouns are she they 
Um, over the next, just, over the, the next dozen episodes, you're gonna hear that they get quieter and quieter. <laughs> yeah, the inflection matters. And then a small a growl capital... will appear. <laughs> yes, as I, as as all, as all trans women do, I turn into a feral animal, <laughs> <laughs> let loose on the countryside. I mean, what trans person doesn't think werewolves are the bomb? Uh, what is your name? My name is Ari Noble. I go by he, they pronouns, and the he is probably a, a little louder than the they, but they're pretty similar volume. Uh, I like long walks on the beach, but only when it's raining. Hey, Ari. Yeah, what's, 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 what's going on? Um, I told, I, I, we had this conversation. I told you we're not going to use the podcast for you to post a dating profile. You aren't going to use this podcast for my dating profile. That's what we agreed on. No, you wouldn't. No, the, no, because listen, that's not what an agreement would be. <laughs> <laughs> that's not, an agreement is not me. You want to you make an to agreement that I can hold? Record it. God damn it. The one time, the one time we weren't on mic. <laughs> you made me the, the three most important promises you yeah, ever made Yeah, we're like me. Jamie and Adam on Mythbusters. We're not actually friends. <laughs> After the show, we don't get along at all. It's like, I've never actually even had a dinner with her. <laughs> now I absolutely have to. Now I'm going to write a dating profile just to post on the Patreon. Yeah. Hey, great incentive. <laughs> and this and this also fulfills the uh, the weekly Ari plugs the Patreon because they're a responsible podcaster. Yes. Uh, I'm also going to make Charlie create a dating profile to post on there. I w I'm going to do it. And now that I said it and I have editing powers, I'm putting this in and now Charlie will be compelled to do it or she'll look like an irresponsible podcast who doesn't care about the podcast because she's not playing into the bits. I should never, I should never have given you editing privileges. So anyway. I will destroy you. <laughs> so what is this show? What is this show 15 minutes into recording? <laughs> This is the podcast where two queer improvisers and best friends since middle school have conversations about their lives and discuss the intersection of identity and the arts through the lens of improv comedy. Now that we should have said first. <laughs> <laughs> now. What are we doing today, bud? Yeah. So what this episode I want this to be is basically I was thinking, what if... We just did an episode where we talked about, like, how it's going so far for both of us almost one year ago today. We overshot it a little bit. But about a year ago was the day that I basically first came out as trans. Now, this was a process that was done over several stages, so we could put the anniversary at a number of places, but specifically... Happy anniversary! I'm curious to hear from you what some of the expectations were in that you had about, like, coming out and about kind of it's where you It's been around gonna... a year for me, too. Yeah. I, I came out as on binary probably about a month and a half before you were uh, starting to explore that stuff, too. So, yeah, we're about the same. Yeah. We brought in our... One year transversary. Right. And so I was thinking it would just be nice to like, you know, what what expectations did you have? How many of those expectations have been met? Kind of where, what are things you're still in, thinking about or exploring? And just kind of have that. And then I want to just like have improv sort of organically come off of that. Yeah, I can uh, I can do that. I can give you what you, what you desire. So we're at the 
the halfway uh, point the of the key. podcast. And I'm like, what? <laughs> well, we're at the we're at the the I would say the apex of Pod Girl Summer. You, you know, call it the apex. I call it the moment before the decline. <laughs> I mean, depends on what side of the mountain you're on. <laughs> so, um, it's specifically the anniversary of when I was home alone. I went into my then then fiance now wife's closet. I uh, put on a bunch of her clothes, including the uh, Forever 21 sunflower dress that I mentioned uh, in episode one of the cursed first season of this podcast. I think it holds up. (laughs) And um, I took a bunch of photos, and then I looked at the photos, and I saw uh, the look of pure, um, just like, blissful self-realization on picture Charlie's face and it's an expression I had never seen on my face before and I texted um I texted my wife Kat and I also texted uh, another friend of mine and I sent some of the photos and I said hey you remember how we were talking about all the you remember how I'm super normal and cis and I always do a bunch of really normal cis things <laughs> here's just another in a long litany of examples and that was my coming out right and then literally the next day we were at a coffee shop uh you and I oh, was it Ari? the next day I didn't know that uh-huh and um you made a joke you it was very funny you you made this joke about how I was the furthest from a woman at the table and then Kind of on an almost gut instinct. Just to be clear, I had no idea that Charlie was even, like, thinking about gender in this way. This joke was completely... It was a reference to you both being non-binary, but here's the interesting part. You said, you're the furthest from being a woman here. Then you stopped, and you said, I don't know if that's true, actually. And then, oh, yeah, like, right. like you sensed, right. like you sensed something had changed. It was kind of wild. Um, it made me believe in the Baha'i God. For one brief moment. You did what all of your relatives when I was growing up with you couldn't. You converted me. And then I showed you the photo, and then I demurred a lot. I was like, yeah, so I'm thinking I'm probably just like, you know, just interested in expressing my femininity in interesting ways. And then you asked me a bunch of questions about, like, I think you at one point you were like, have you ever just, like, wanted to, like, have a woman's body? And I was like, yeah, like, pretty much any time I'm in the shower. (laughs) And you said, and I was like, hmm. yeah, yeah, okay. You're trans as shit, girl. <laughs> um, I remember that a while before I had said to myself and to you many times in the past that there's something more going on. I did, you know, when like you're on a trans spectrum and then you have a friend and you have like that little little the, the egg alarm going off it was there and i was like yeah that's why that's why i said on that day uh yeah it's the same alarm that i put on my hen house to make sure that <laughs> those foxes stay away from my eggs i want to want to be clear too like, I, <laughs> but sometimes sometimes I, I take it off i i surreptitiously stick it on one of my friends and it starts going off like crazy and i realized that i'm dealing with a fox girl um i guess <laughs> i've said it before i think probably at some point I don't know if it's even in the podcast or not, but I always thought it was interesting how you and I both were people who were trying to escape from some of the toxic masculinity that we dealt with in our lives. And I do think that both of us on some unconscious level uh, recognized it in each other. You know what I mean? 
Like, I think it was there. Yes. I think it's always been there. I think it's why neither of us was particularly surprised when the other person was like, yeah, I'm not really just a, I'm not, I'm not a man. And we're like, yeah, oh, that makes sense. That, that, that holds up. Uh, yes, 100%. <laughs> and I think if you and I had better records of our conversations, like, we would probably be able to go back and find evidence, like, way before we came out. Like, we probably had conversations. We definitely have had conversations at some point in our, like, early 20s where we talked about like wishing that we were more comfortable with expressing our softer more feminine traits or whatever i do think a lot of cis men have those conversations too but we had a lot of them yeah i think cis men have some of those conversations and then for some it's an it's an obsession yeah it was always something that i think affected both of us it's like you know we never went clothing shopping together and i think part of why was that Clothing shopping always made me kind of sad, and I don't know if you had the same. Oh my feeling. god! Yeah, I always felt. God, so... I hate. Clo- I hated clothing shopping. Now it's fun as hell. And listen to this. Here is a text message I unearthed sent on October fourth, two thousand nineteen. Oh no! It's so long ago. It's gonna make me sad. At nine fifty nine a.m., I wrote this to my friend Molly. I said, weirdly. I think Facebook's algorithm thinks I'm trans or non-binary. My ads have been for non-binary underwear and trans-focused products for the past couple days. I did buy a woman's sweatshirt online a few weeks ago because I liked the colors. But other than that, I'm not sure why. Oh, you poor, poor thing. I just, I mean, Jesus Christ. That's so cute. I did buy women's clothes for myself. You think that's why they think I'm trans, weirdly? (laughs) Like, do you think that's why their extremely mysterious, complicated algorithm might have pinpointed me as trans? I think now you're like, I've changed my pronouns to she, they. I mostly wear women's clothing. Do you think that's why the algorithm thinks that I might be trans? (laughs) Actually, I love... I love that my algorithms have started to recommend me cis women products. Aww. Like, randomly. That's fun. Yeah, that's that's been a really fun thing where it'll just be like, mostly it's, it's cis men products, but they're pink and more expensive. <laughs> but See, this is the thing. My algorithm has not become more feminine, per se, in terms of, like, I don't know. Because I don't... For me, it's more about expressiveness of, like, color and I don't know how to describe it. Like, my clothing is more colorful, brighter, more friendly, poppy. I guess part of it is, like, I'm just being more me and less reserved. I did just buy my first pair of short shorts, which was uh, which was exciting. I found those Oh, my those God. You sent me the, that picture. You looked so cute. Thank you. I found... I found... Uh, I was with a couple of my uh, AFAB friends, uh... My problem was we were at a Macy's, and Macy's is kind of pricey. So as we're passing through, one of them points out this pair of shorts, and I'm like, okay, I guess I'll try them on. I tried them on. I was like, oh, no, these are great. And there's also a pastel button-up shirt that looks amazing. And these are both for women, and they both fit me really well because I have hips for days. And then I decided to buy them because it turned out they're 50% off. So, yeah. Um, over the course of the last year, my algorithm hasn't been showing me more like, here are women's products for you. It's been more like, here are just cuter things in general yeah and it's in a way it's like a lot of your journey has has been about overcoming the impulse that you have to try to be as invisible and blended into your surroundings as possible yeah it's not about telegraphing 
a specific identity as much as it's about telling what I am. Right. And, and, and uh, basically telegraphing that you do not care about the social expectations and you don't mind standing out more. And I feel like that makes sense given. S O S. Um, Hey captain. Yes. Yes. What, what is it? Uh, we're getting some kind of weird beeping sounds across the, uh, what do you call this? The telegraph machine? Yeah, I guess. Um, yes. Does it need to get plugged in? Is it low battery? No, no, no. I, look, I'm practicing sending out an SOS signal on a telegraph machine because I have a lot of self-doubt and i think oh you're point, doing that i'm doing it yeah this is me as a captain that's what society expects of me when the ship goes down i go down with it and i'm staying here and make is I, is the ship going down no 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 but it could you see i have to be prepared for does all it need to get plugged in do we need to plug the ship in is it's bad or is batteries running out <laughs> That's the only solution I have no, to no, any no. problem. Look, That's have, my character. Look, as a captain, I will I not. Lot, as a captain, I will, I have a I will not accept. <laughs> sorry, let me just say, I will not accept any other character traits at this time. So this is all I am. But please continue. <laughs> See, I, look, as a captain, I have mm -hmm. a lot of anxiety, some ADHD. I'm. Oh, captain, anxiety? Are your batteries running low? Here, let me plug you in for Get a second. Get the first mate. Get right, the first mate. Use, useless. All right, all right, all right. I'll go, but you'll... Hey, listen, if you need anything plugged in, you need any batteries recharged, you know where to find me. I do. I do know where to find you. Me? Um... Battery Jones. <laughs> Second mate, Battery Jones. Right. And by the way, just to be clear, the reason I have that nickname is because I'm obsessed with batteries, and that's not a cover I used to cover up for the fact that I got that nickname because of Beating the people? unspeakable domestic violence I've committed. <laughs> And I can say that because we're never going to see this character again. All right. <laughs> Unless we need batteries. In which case, unfortunately, Battery Jones will return. Hey, Captain. <sighs> first mate. Wait, finally. sorry. Sorry. Um, I just wanted to let you know that the first mate, who is a woman, a trans woman, is going to be here in just a second. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's me, Ally Bob. Thank you, Ally Bob. <laughs> Called that because one time he told a fib. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> A lie, Bob. <laughs> Just one. I've only told one lie in my life. But it was, it was it. bad enough that you were named after it forever. I told it to the man I killed. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Do we want to explore me? Am I interesting? I want the first mate. What, what is with these people on this ship? Okay. I I'll be right back. <sighs> oh, wait. I'll be right back. Yeah. The first mate's coming, but I will definitely be back too. Don't worry. All right. Hello, Captain. It's me, your first mate. Hello, Vanessa. Everyone's been asking why I'm over here typing away the SOS. Ha you know when you just have a feeling? I fucked up a lot in life. You know, I've, I'm, I'm a fuck up, and everything I ever do goes wrong. So at some point, this ship is going to sink because I'm me, and bad things happen, and I oh, want Captain. to be ready to send out a signal when the time comes because that's what, that's what I'm supposed to do. First of all, I just want to tell you that I absolutely understand even before I came out as a beautiful, nautical, trans sea goddess, I mean, the signs were just everywhere, all around me. I just don't want to listen. Uh, did you ever talk to um, old, one-eyed algorithm? Yeah, it, I, I, he has one eye in his name. Yeah, uh, old, old algorithm. Uh, he, 
he used to all the time he would approach me in the market with his two very well-seeing eyes <laughs> yeah and i'd say mr mr Rhythm. first of all you're gonna have to tell me the story about your name sometime uh definitely a character worth exploring i would say but also <laughs> why are you handing me a pink peg leg like i'm a man why i i have a a hard wood colored peg leg. Why are you trying to sell me this overpriced pink peg leg? And he was like, trust me, I can tell. I can tell this is for you. It's a little presumptuous. I don't feel like that was one night Al's place. Oh, he, he only he only gets it right like 50% of the time, but he's persistent, you know? I mean, is that a strategy? Give every single person a pink peg leg and say, I think it's for you. Half of them will say, huh, not really. And half will go, oh my God. Yeah, or 30% will do one, 30% will do the other and then a solid 40% will just be inquisitive about what the deal is with his nickname but we don't have time to get into that and 100% reason to remember the name (laughs) because you know what you know what captain out of every character that's worth exploring I think right now you're the one who's worth exploring why do you have these reservations I have been sailing with you for 15 years and you have never ever made a mistake the ship has never sank and yet every single voyage you were convinced it's going to happen so what is this gut instinct you have that you're gonna fuck things up i used to operate a a little milk boy business i would deliver milk to all the local all the locals my little my little Mm -hmm. you deliver milk boys to the locals (laughs) yes (laughs) i was see I used to be the milk boy. You were like, you ran like a temp agency for yeah, milk I, boys? I used to be a milk boy. Uh-huh. I used to deliver milk. And then at a certain point, right. I realized I could be the one delivering the milk boys to the local neighborhoods. Wow. I was That's like, why I'm... they called you the wolf of Milk Street. Yeah, I was a big, I was an entrepreneur. <laughs> <laughs> but one day I, you know, there was a, there was a particular milk lad. And his name was Intolerant Mike. He was actually very open-minded. It was entirely to do with the milk thing. And I sent him off with the milk, and there was an accident. It was a crash, and the milk got everywhere, and he had to go to the hospital. And that was the first time something bad had happened. And I was like, oh, it's probably the milk lad. It has nothing to do with me. And then it kept happening. Every time I would start a new venture, confident, believing in myself, there would be an absolute catastrophe. People didn't want me around anymore. They called they my actual, the nickname I've been trying to escape for the last 15 years on this ship was Troubled Timmy. Because there's Timmy's around, there's trouble. Wow. I hate so much about this. It sounds like you just never were in the right place at the right time. It sounds like the things in your life were never the right fit for you. And the fact that you've taken that to mean that you're inherently a screw-up, or worse, to take on really toxic Timothy essentialism... <laughs> Just because, just because... Essential, t- essential tism? <laughs> what? Essential tism? Even at Joe Crash and Burned, I'm just <laughs> no, a bunch of didn't trouble. No, Crash and Burned. I didn't understand it at first, but I love it. I love it. And that's the thing about you, Captain. You never take the route that I expect you to take, but I always love the journey. I mean, listen, you're so busy tap, tap, tapping at that thing. Look outside the window. Look at this beautiful coral reef that you've steered us toward. Yeah, we are not even close to where we're it supposed to be going. Yeah. No, we're, tra- we're supposed to course. be in the Arctic. This is a tropical ocean. Once again, I've screwed no, up. you haven't screwed up. You took your own path, and we are somewhere better. I mean, Jesus, have you seen the Arctic? Of course not. No one ever comes back from the Arctic. I don't even know why we were going there. <laughs> 
Oh no. We've hit a coral reef. It's happening again! I knew it! I'm the screw-up! It's all my fault! I should never have taken this here! <laughs> hey, Captain. Yes, uh, whatever your name was. No need Shit. to remember my name. Uh, oh, Ally Bob! No! Ally Bob! What? Uh, did someone call Ally Bob? <laughs> no, no, no! I don't remember I've voices. got it! B, Battery Jones. Battery Jones! I God got it! God damn it! it. Um, we don't need you, Ally Bob. No, you know what? We all we all could use it's an ally. It's really now hard again. for me as an ally to hear that I'm not needed in this specific conversation. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I just wanted to let you know. Yeah, because we really need battery. Just want to let you know that we almost hit this reef. Um, but I plugged in the rocket boosters, powered up the batteries, and the ship is ready to fly. What happened to the coral reef? <sighs> it will burn. <laughs> That's the choice, Captain. <laughs> If we use the rocket bike, I the, sink the you ship. sink the ship, you save the reef. But to save your crew, you have to burn something beautiful. <laughs> now you see what I'm talking about. No matter what choice I make, I screw something up. And this is why I'm topping this SOS over and over again, just because someone's got to come and save maybe, the ship from my maybe sorry Maybe it's time ass. to stop practicing and send a real SOS. Maybe maybe this is maybe you're right. Maybe sometimes it's okay to ask for help. Maybe that's the lesson in all of this. I hate to ask this battery Jones, but will you plug in the SOS machine? Um yeah. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> I'm so happy to be of service. I'm so happy to just come in, save the day again and again. Heartbreaking. The person that you hate you was know, right. I was thinking about maybe changing my name back to my old nickname. This is Ally Bob, and but before I was Ally Bob, I actually was called One Lied Al. Back when my name was Algorithm, I was One Lied oh Al, and I'm just thinking maybe that was a better nickname. Me, Ally Bob. I'm now gonna talk to this lady who I gave this peg leg to, while you, Captain, type out the SOS signal in the background. You got it. I just love that we now have a clear explanation for both your nickname and Algorithm's nickname. It's just the same explanation. You told one lie one time. I told a lie one time. And that lie wasn't giving you that pink peg leg. I just... If I could help even one person, because the worst that happens is someone is a little confused, but the best is it's a, a moment of joy. May I ask you, since you're the character now? Yes, I, uh, me, I like Bob. Who did you kill? Before you, who did you lie to and then kill? My old self. I understand completely. Kiss me, you beautiful bastard. Scene, 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 scene. <laughs> the ship sank, unfortunately. No one was there to cap the SOS. They sank. The captain was entirely right. He was a screw up and they all died. <laughs> Speaking of names. I changed mine this year. Yeah, let's get into that, right? Like, what is the thing that you feel like has been the most unexpected and surprising part of being out as non-binary and exploring this side of your identity? Probably this podcast. <laughs> In what way? Surely not that we were going to do a podcast. No, no, no. Basically, we were okay. always going to do one. I'll tell you why it's actually true. Pretty much everything that I've been exploring as a non-binary person has been aspects of myself that were always there, right? They were aspects that have just been lying dormant, been... Lying it, dormant like a dragon guarding his treasure. There you go. And this podcast, I'll tell you why this podcast has been the biggest surprise. 
if you had told me a year ago, hey, do you like, if you told me I'll make a podcast about my gender exploration, I probably would have been like, how on earth was there more than one episode? What possible thing could I have to say about it? I'm shocked at how much sits in me about all these feelings that have been sitting there. Like, it's not like I'm making new discoveries every day. It's more like I'm bringing out so many parts of myself. I'm shocked at how much of myself was blocked out, if that makes sense. Even when you came out, there was maybe a part of you that was like, okay, and now I know everything. Like, now I'm, now I've come out and it's all makes sense. And so the fact that, like, it turns out that that was, like, just the beginning you're barely scratching the surface of not just your gender but how your gender relates to we've talked about how it relates to your race we've talked about how it relates to your family upbringing your spirituality every virtually every memory you have growing up you have like formative gender based lessons you learned and like how much of an effect that's had on you and your mental health and i mean i just I think I think it is incredible. Yeah, I think this journey would have been significantly more difficult, more confusing, and more lonely if not for, like, like we say in the intro, best friend since middle school. I think there's something so uniquely special about the fact that you and I are going through this journey at the same time. Yeah. Hey, I I love that. I that's a great. I mean, I. I'm very grateful and honored that you were willing to do this weird idea with me because I know it was a hard sell. I mean, it wasn't. You didn't. You didn't like protest, but like it is a just a weird. I mean, a, to be fair, when you told me, "Hey, do you want to meet up, do our improv that we already love doing, and also talk about the stuff we're going through and work on it together?" That's that was a, that was a wonderful thing, and I'm very grateful that yeah. you did. Yeah. Well, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that you you said yes as well. Um, I said yes and. Uh, what is your most unexpected aspect of this journey? Because I'm sure you uh, got genuinely. Do you want to know what the okay the most surprising thing? Yeah. The most surprising thing for me, absolutely, is that this is allowed. That I'm allowed to be trans. That is the most surprising part. That when I put on a dress, when I was putting on that fucking Forever Twenty One Sunflower dress. I was, I, well, I was just like, I, my heart was racing. I was like, my palms were sweaty. I was... These weak arms were heavy. Vomit on your <laughs> dress already. <laughs> I, yeah, I was just like, and I was thinking to myself, like, this is ridiculous. Like, I was thinking to myself, like, this is so ridiculous. Like, like, why am I, like, am I just allowed to put on a dress? And, like, see what it feels like. Like, like, and then I put it on, and I was, like, you know, I was expecting it to feel like cosplay. And then I put it on, and I was, like, oh, wait. Not only does this make me feel better about myself, not only do I look great, I'm also just allowed to buy dresses and wear them. There is no one stopping me from doing this. And, they, they, yes, there are social pressures that are trying to stop me but there's a lot of self-imposed barriers maybe that you didn't realize were. yeah because now now and now i'm having that experience again because i'm considering hrt and like a year ago the idea of hrt would have sound like a crazy fantasy that like yeah nobody nobody in real life is allowed to do that that I think for a lot, and I'm, I'm struggling with this a lot, and it's, I mentioned before the nebulousness of non-binary experience sometimes, and I think that this is true of a lot of people on the trans spectrum. There's this kind of feeling like trans people are totally valid, they're totally real. They probably have some objective experience that I certainly don't have. I would know if I was true. You know what I mean? Yes, 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 yes. And like, I think that you realizing, oh my god, 
I can put on this dress and, oh my God, I, I feel right in this. Oh my God, I'm trans. That moment, I think the loudness almost is like, you felt like this was a group that like had something. It's kind of like when you re- when you finally reach the age where you're like, fuck, I still am fucking confused by taxes. I guess grown-ups are just confused by taxes. I guess you just figure out taxes as you go. I guess there isn't like a special age where you suddenly... An age or moment where suddenly everything makes sense. Everything clicks into place. This is just, oh, they were all making it up all along. I think I had the same thing with trans people where I'm like, yeah, those guys and gals and... and, and all in-betweens. And, 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 and the in-betweens. off the spectrums. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess I had this this idea that like, I'm not them. I'm something. I'm I'm confused. I I am obviously someone with some feminine qualities that I want to express, but like I'm not like them. And now I'm like, yeah, when can I get my tits? And it's just like a weird to know that that's just like a thing that's possible and definitely underscores for me how important it is that we disseminate really good, really encouraging information to queer youth well this is why also we just need to tell them like this is possible this this is a child this is a really tragic thing about the world and i'll localize it to america more for now but this is a worldwide problem obviously in so many places it isn't allowed and you will get hurt and you will get your entire life destroyed and it's like it's so important i mean imagine how tragic it would be if you had put on the dress and every person in your life rejected you and you had to like shove that feeling away. And I guarantee so many people have, it goes to show how important education is. Imagine if you didn't even know what trans was, how would you even like deal with those emotions? You need to know people need to know. And I didn't until I was uh, like almost an adult before I even really understood or knew it. And by then I don't know how much happier you could have been for the last 10 years had you discovered this earlier on because you'd how can you ask a question that you didn't even realize was a question that could be asked like you knew this stuff for the last five or six years you were educated in it you're very accepting and yet it still felt like you were diving into the forbidden pool that you couldn't have access to when it came to you that's how hard it is with right. I, I'm not even diving into a forbidden pool. It, it felt like I was King David creepily watching someone bathing in the forbidden pool. Like it felt it felt voyeuristic. It felt like the desire what can, got conflated in my mind. It like, made I, you happy, but you couldn't. There's only two reasons it could have made you happy. You were part of this group that you had always loved but never realized you could be part of or you were liking this group from the outside in a way that worried you and you didn't know which one it was because it was your first time asking the question at all i bet you said sunflower dress to like your friends and they were like ew excuse me like have excuse me young young woman hello yes indeed it is i Marianne. hello hello um I apologize. I'm, uh, of course, averting my gaze. If you'd like to uh, get out of, of, frankly, this is my family's pond. And oh, I just saw this water, and I wanted to take a bath to to bathe myself and to clean myself. But yes, give me one moment. There you go. Yes, all right. It is I, uh, Marianne. I am so sorry. This pool just looks so inviting. Um, it's quite all right. It's quite. All- listen, listen. I don't care. All right. I, in in my opinion, ownership 
is not even real. You know, it's a construct created by the higher classes. And if it were up to me, uh, my family's land would be public property and anyone would be able to enjoy these delicious apple orchards and bathe in the pond as Wait, they are will. You, are you the Duchess's son? Uh, Hank? Yes. I never knew that you were so such a progressive... Hank of Northumberland at your service, ma'am. Your family is one of the richest in England. Yes. In, in uh, the year our Lord, 1637. They have a monopoly, you know, on the apple orchard, on the apple production. Uh, it's very hard to get out from under their thumb at this point because, you know, all cider, all apple-based products are... I don't know if you've noticed this. My family has been influencing, uh, uh, lobbying local municipalities and convincing them to add apple products to industries where it doesn't even make sense like all horse-drawn carriages the wheels are made out of apples which is oh, just yes, the eye carriages. so inefficient the, eye carriages. the what the eye carriages yes the eye the, the little eye you put in front of all your apple products <laughs> I, yes, of course, I know, because I'm part of the family. It's my family I understand crest. you We want to avoid thinking about it too much, but... But that's crazy, right? We don't need wheels. Wheels should be made out of wood. You tell me your family uses their money for political influence. <laughs> what a quaint idea. How queer. In, the, oh, in well. the way we use the word queer back now in the 1600s to mean strange and unusual and surprising. I'd say it's even more than queer. It's queer plus. Now listen, I of course recognize you. You are the baker's daughter. Yes, indeed. Marianne, the baker's daughter. And I, I want to say, I want to say... Always your... the bridesmaid, never the bride. What? Uh, never mind. Oh, well, I just wanted to say that uh, your father makes one hell of a loaf, Marianne. <laughs> Ooh, swearing, are you? What a... Hank, you are quite a scoundrel. I always assumed you were much more upper class, but you're like us, the people. Yes, because I'm tired of the way that social hegemony tries to inform hegemony? what words we what cannot can say. Word, hegemony? The, the hedge enemy. It's what my family refers to as the foxes that sneak over our hedges into our apple orchard and try to steal our apples. They're the hedge enemies. And, uh... And I'm just sick of them. <laughs> and it made sense. The, the context I used oh, that is word. That, is that why when I when I came sneaking in to use this pool, I didn't realize it was your land. But I did see a lot of like alarms, little egg alarms. Uh-huh. Yep. You trip the egg alarms. We've we've repurposed them to be apple alarms, but it's the same thing. It just it's a tripwire and uh my father was going to come himself, and but I... As, a, as someone who is always the bridesmaid, never the bride, I understand coming yourself. Oh. Oh. My. <laughs> <laughs> oh. My. Hank. Marianne. <laughs> oh. Oh, no. My. It turns out that a person who's progressive in social issues does not mean... Inevitably, that he will be a healthy, kind person. Oh, you fell for my virtue signaling. <laughs> Ooh, baby. Were you watching me in the pool on purpose this whole time? Are you actually a knave? <laughs> I, you caught me. <laughs> oh, Hank. We could have uh, run away how, together. Hey, how do I like them apples? You know what I'm saying? You're, you're, you're not better than them. You may be different. But you're not better than them. As they say, one bad apple spoils... Hey, hey, 
Marianne. Oh, yes. Marianne. Sorry, it's me, uh, Alvin the Fox. Uh, just climbing over this hedge real quick. Um, hey. Oh, oh shit! Here, let me just let me just uh, let me just unplug this. The battery, the battery power will run out as soon as I <laughs> unplug this. Um, hey, oh, yes. Alvin the Fox, uh, last name Jones, whose family will go on for generations to be involved in the battery business. How are you? Yes, yes, I. I well. Was just- talking to Hank here, who it turns out is quite the knave. Uh, listen, listen, I just want to go on record and say that I am an, a, a staunch opponent of injustice, and I have always been an ally. Get, get out of here, Hank. A... Shoo, shoo. Oh, get out of here. Oh, get out of here. Oh, oh, oh. Get out. Throw apples at him. Oh. Throw apples at him, Al. <laughs> get taste of your own How medicine. Do you like them apples? Jerks. Listen, Marianne, I have seen the way that you, the way that you were able to climb over those hedges and sneak into this rich person's property and like all of the, you know, outward, your outward appearances. I mean, just look at like your red hair. I'm wondering if maybe you're... You're saying that instead of a baker, I could be a fox climbing over the hedges and and taking down the the ones in power, the the apple orchards. Yeah, and look at the way that your eyes light up. When I describe that, of, like you look of, so. Uh, is it allowed? Are you saying that a baker's daughter could be a hedge enemy? I'm saying that anybody can be if that's how they identify. Screw these fuckers. They're using their money for political influence. Yes, the revolution is upon us. These people, we can never expect the people in power are never going to allow us to just live our lives the way we want. It is violent revolution or it is death, baby. The dirt will one red with cider. (laughs) (laughs) And blood! And blood! Get him! All right, class, uh, as you, so turn to page uh, 950 here, and we're going to be talking about the Apple Wars of 1637. Um, excuse me? Uh, yes, yes. Excuse me? Uh, concerned parent here? Ah, uh, yeah, one of you. I don't think we should be teaching our kids about any this Apple Ward nonsense, teaching them to hate apples. America is apple pie, baby. You teach them to hate apples, you teach them to hate America. Why, you want to turn all our kids into foxes or something? I am outraged. <laughs> Scene? <laughs> I, I couldn't think of where to go with it. It's just, that's, that's what's happening in our schools, folks. That's what's happening. Literally. Can you believe it? That was some that was some very incisive satire there for sure. <laughs> I literally um, couldn't think of where to go. I was like, oh, do I really want to do a satirical scene? No, I did too. I completely lost steam as soon as I as soon as I made the choice to be like, this is about the actual real world, it suddenly was like, oh, I don't want to do this. Why are we doing this? <laughs> it's hard because like comedians don't speak truth to power, they speak power at truth. <laughs> That's a, I, I, I like that. I can't figure out off the top of my head if that is completely meaningless or if that's actually really pithy, but it sounds so good. It does sound good. Um, I'll, have, I'll have to think about it. Um, certainly improv comedians are not, um, <laughs> not on the front lines of incisive commentary, but um, we are who we are, you know? And I think that's... And that's the, that's the purpose of today. We are who we are. Yeah, sometimes are. it's nice to kind of just touch base. And okay, here's here's a fun exercise. Here's a fun way to close today's episode in a very nice, succinct way. Yeah, please. What are you curious to see 
potentially changing or exploring in the next year for the next anniversary? What and also, what do you want to say to next year's Charlie? We're gonna make a, an anniversary out of it every year. You and I say something to the next version that we can like listen back to. I think that's fun. Yeah, that's nice. That's sweet. Little time capsule. We'll look back and be like, who are those losers? They had no idea of what we should become. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I already feel that way about episode one, Charlie, using they, them pronouns. So, what, so, so yeah, go for it. I, I believe that my uh, journey is going to have an element of physical gender transition. And I'm curious to see how far that goes in a year and how that's going and how that's maybe changed my relationship to myself. Um, and what I want to say to Charlie in a year is um, I want to say, hmm. Say something to Charlie in a year and say something to Charlie a year ago. And that's what we're going to do every single year. What would you say if you could go back a year and sit down with poor, confused, cis male Charlie who didn't realize that that egg was about to be cracked? What would you say to that Charlie in that moment? You are someone who is always preaching the importance of imagination as a catalyst for change, both widespread social change, being able to imagine, for example, a system that is better and could replace capitalism, and then also like individual change, like being able to imagine getting out of the abusive situation that you're in. And the ability to imagine it is not the end of the journey. It is the first step, but it is so important. And it is the thing that both individual and society-wide abusers, you know, the apple orchard owners of the world, are trying really actively, really explicitly to suppress, right? Part of what Don't Say Gay is all about is it's making sure kids can't even imagine uh, a world in which their feelings would be okay or they'd be accepted. So I would say to that, Charlie, you always talk about imagination being a really important catalyst of change. Let your imagination be the catalyst for the change in your own life because what you're imagining for yourself, the fantasies you have about what your body should be and what your life should be and how you want to be talked to and, and all of that – it's possible because you're imagining it and that doesn't mean it's going to be easy. That doesn't mean it's not going to be dangerous. Um, it does feel like putting yourself in the lion's den a little bit, doesn't it? Cause you go from the, let's be honest, pretty easy experience of being a cis man where it's like, Oh, I can go out by default and just feel, you're basically saying I'm going to add this thing. That's going to put me under the lens of so much attack and vitriol. And it's, sca it's yeah, scary and as I, fuck. It's so scary. I would encourage Charlie to take seriously her fantasies. Yeah. Because fantasy is, again, it's the beginning point of, of change. You first you imagine it different. And then if you have if you are lucky enough to be alive to have the means to do it, to or to have the community to help you. You owe it to yourself. You have the yeah, you owe it to yourself. The th okay, you know what I want to say to future Charlie? I want to say to future Charlie. I want to say to future Charlie, what are you doing, not just for yourself, what are you doing to help queer and marginalized people in general? Because that's something that I think a lot about. I think a lot about how I am relatively privileged in this community. And listen, I think I'm allowed, right? I'm allowing myself 
a little bit of leeway to be a little solipsistic and a little <laughs> selfish while I figure out and, you know, overcome abuse and mental illness and stuff that I've suffered. But well, it's like, it's like when you're on a plane, right? You, you have to put the mask on yourself before you can put the mask on the other person. Uh, you right, need right, to take right, care right, of yourself but... before you can take care of others. I wouldn't call it selfish. I would call it the first step towards being able to be selfless. You need the energy, sure, you sure, need sure, the energy sure. to be able to get there. And that's what you're doing. You're giving yourself that energy. Yeah. You're giving yourself that tank. You're giving yourself that battery. <laughs> right. Wow. I've got Pulling plenty, all right, the I gotta plug it in. together, baby. Gotta plug me in. Gotta plug me in. But I, I'm, I want Charlie... I want Charlie in the future to start thinking or to have been thinking about how to engage more with this idea of community. Yeah. I think I think that's the line. That's the through line of past Charlie, present Charlie, and future Charlie is imagination leads to change. I want to imagine a better world. I want to imagine a safer world. I want to be part of making that happen. It's not this, you know, this podcast is not part of that. Like may, maybe it can be. I hope it can be in an ancillary sense. Like I hope that maybe some queer person finds it and is like, oh, this is fun. Like it's nice to hear queer people just enjoying life and laughing. But like, you know, content is not activism. It's not community. It's it's a diff it's entertainment. It's a different thing. And I love doing it. It's important for me. It's important for my relationship with you, I think. But I it needs to be there needs to be other other yeah. shit. So that's my answer. All right. Thank you for your time. What about you? All right. If I were to sit down with Ari a year ago, uh it's funny. I didn't mention it earlier, even though I probably should have thought of it, but I only thought of it now. But in some ways it's a little similar to yours, which is I would have sat down with that Ari and said you grew up in religion. You grew up with a family that loved you, but also a family who had a very defined idea of what you was and a very defined idea of what you were allowed to be and what you were allowed to do and how you were allowed to feel and how you were allowed to look and how you were allowed to talk and how you were allowed to express yourself. And you will not burn in hellfire even if it's a metaphorical hellfire for defying those expectations because if there is a god and that god rejects you for taking care of yourself and loving yourself or who you are then that is not a god that you should worship anyway i love this it's your frollo arc. my frollo arc yeah and uh that's my, that's my, <laughs> so empowering. That's my past self, but it's very short because that's, I think that's all my past self needed to hear was you won't, you won't, it's not bad. Just, you'll be happier. Right. God won't God hate won't you. Hate you. And if God hates you, then fuck that God. Um, and to future Ari, I say, Hey, I'm wondering how you got in that situation. <laughs> what, what, what did you do to your hair? Wow, is that really is that really the outfit you chose today? All right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Judgmental to future Ari. I was like, oh my god. To future Ari, I want to say seventeen, thirty six, four, twelve. They'll know what it. Means. <laughs> They'll know what it means. It'll make sense. It'll, <laughs> It'll make, make sense, sense of the year. Uh, I guess I would say to that Ari, I know it now, but I don't feel it as much as I know it which is a very common problem for me. I hope you got therapy. <laughs> I hope that as much as you tell others and try to tell yourself that the point of life is to live every day finding your happiness and 
not constantly obsessing about a future that you hope will come, but always wait for. I hope that you live by that standard and that you are genuinely happy. And I hope you're able to feel what you're feeling more openly and honestly and less compartmentalized than I do. And if you haven't yet done that, this is your yearly reminder to call a therapist. <laughs> um, Here, here's a good incentive. Here's a good incentive. If in a year when we're recording this episode, you have not gotten a therapist, you're going to contact a therapist on the episode. Yes. That is, that's what's going to happen. We're going to make you do it. That is what that year anniversary episode will be if you haven't done it. Yeah, in general, I hope. In gender all. In gender all, that joke will never go away. I hope that you have continued to live your truth. And I hope that you know what that means more than I do. So what we're going to do is in a year, we're literally going to play those recordings and it's going to be so quaint. And we're going to respond to those recordings and then make recordings for our new selves. And then we had our 10th year anniversary <laughs> recording from the, from the waterless wastelands that are the world now. It's Yes Androgyny, the only podcast left. Um, yes, and on today's episode, a half-remembered synopsis of an episode of Gilmer Girls I saw one that's, time. That's a queer experience, right? <laughs> Right? Gilmer Girls? That's what Gilmer it was called? Girls. <laughs> Gilmer Girls? Gilmer Girls. Get her done? Get out of here, Hank. Let Get the... out of here, Hank. Get out. Throw apples at you. Let the men do Gilmer... Gilmer boys? I don't think we so. See, we see a long arm come and whack Hank in the face and goes back, and we see Helen Hunt. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Family first, baby. Uh-oh, family first. Uh-oh, that sounds like a weird... That, that sounds bad. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. Um, anyone who is listening to this, uh, regardless of where you fall on any particular spectrum, um, I hope that you are having an okay time on your, you know your journey, figuring yourself out. I truly hope, I really hope next year's episode is a celebration and not a, like a retrospective, like on awe. Remember the good times? Here's where I it all went like wrong. A, well, thank you all so much for tuning in. Uh, have a great rest of your pod girl summer, and we'll see you next time for whatever Charlie throws at me. <laughs> <laughs> it's become, it's become you liked like... You this though, right? This was nice. This no, was fun. I, I lo- I'm all about it. I love coming into the episode being like, what? the plan for to oh my god it's exciting it's like every episode's a little adventure an adventure that that you are prepared for because your ship is seaworthy and you know how to send an sos hey and to end this episode i just want to say to you charlie thank you for going on this journey with me and i look forward to our next year together i feel the same way and i love you i love you too Yes Androgyny was conceived, recorded, and produced by Ari Noble and myself, Charlie Monroe. If you want more content or you care to support the show, we can be found at patreon.com slash yesandrogyny, where we will be posting an extra episode of bonus content, plus other fun surprises at least every off week. 
This show is co-produced by New 32 Productions, an independent North Carolina media company that Ari and I are both heavily involved with. You can find New 32 on YouTube at youtube.com slash new32, that's N-E-W-3-2. Our music was composed by Florify, F-L-O-R-R-I-F-Y, whose link tree can be found in the episode description. Our theme song is Riff in A by Garrett stein Sarusi, who plays the guitar on the track, with additional arrangement, instrumentation, and mastering also by Florify. Our cover art is by the inimitable Izzy Pereira, who can be found on Twitter at Izzy Squeaksy. That is I-Z-Z-Y-S-Q-U-E-A-K-Z-Y. Lastly but not leastly, Ari can be found on Twitter at Ari Noble Writes where they post about their myriad music and webcomic writing projects, including their epic fantasy adventure webcomic in the vein of Redwall. They co-created it with our cover artist Izzy, and it is posted weekly. So definitely check that out. It's super rad. Thank you guys so much for listening. That concludes the credits. See you in two weeks or sooner if you join our Patreon. Bye! I feel the same way. And, and I love I'm you. I'm going to put that. I love you too. <laughs> I didn't mean to interrupt you there, but. No, no, no. It was very sweet. It was very sweet. I love you too. So now what's going to happen is it's going to be thank you. Thank you. I love you. I love you. Clink. And it's going to sound really clean and really effective. And I'm going to go, wow, those guys just nailed that in. Good. Unless you, unless you put this in at the end as like just a little like. Oh, but tag? this is this is the real shit because we're this about being we're about being genuine, you know. Show how, the how genuine are is anything in this podcast? Truly, I mean, I'm not even non-binary. <laughs> I'm a trucker from Cleveland, <laughs> and this community well, is going to give me millions. Better get back to my day job helping a Republican congressman draft. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm infiltrating from the inside. I only donate 30% to GOP, so, you know, <laughs> you don't have to feel 30% guilty when you buy my products.